We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Welcome to Mavs and Moneyball's group chat. Oh, not group chat. Group therapy. This is Kirk Henderson. I'm editor-in-chief of MavsMoneyball.com. Thank you so much for deciding to spend part of the post-game coping session with me as we fall below 500 for the first time since that rather horrendous game against the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, in mid-December. Ah. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm doing something kind of kind of ridiculous. I am reading and scrolling through a a very famous speech. Uh, it's known as the the Crisis of Confidence speech delivered by Jimmy Carter to the American people in mid July 1979. Uh, he was out of office uh, within 18 months of of giving the speech, but it is something that I think about often whenever things are going sideways. It is a crisis of confidence. It is a crisis that strikes at the very heart and soul and spirit of our national will. We can see this crisis in a growing doubt about the meaning of our own lives and in the loss of unity of purpose for our nation. Mavs Nation in particular is probably suffering a crisis of confidence because that was... But we're back here. We're going to hang out. We're going to talk about this loss. We're going to process it. And then we're going to hope that the Dallas Mavericks can get their shit in gear and actually beat the Spurs on Wednesday. The Mavericks play eight of their next 10 on the road. That should make you uncomfortable because the Mavericks are 12 and 21 on the road. I sort of firmly believe that the Friday-Monday matchups, uh, Friday against the Lakers and then next Monday against Memphis once again, may decide their season. But I'm interested in hearing what all of you have to say. Wow, we got a lot of people wanting to talk already. All right, so we're going to go through some people uh, as quickly as possible because I don't really want to talk about this game all all night, though if you guys want to, we'll, we'll do what we can. Coming up first is a name I do not recognize. I'll bring up people I don't recognize first because I definitely want you to come back and hang out with us. Evan, welcome to the show. Uh, when you get a chance, hit that unmute button and uh, speak your hey, I can, can you, hear you me? sound great. Hey, Kirk. Um, been listening for a while. My first time on here, so thanks for having me. Thank you for joining. Um, 
Yeah, no problem. So I was just at the game. I'm a season ticket holder. I've been to probably 35 games this year. So tonight was especially rough. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm someone who would love to see the Mavs go playoffs, man. But after tonight, I just wonder what Luke and Kyrie are thinking on the bench, man, watching that. Like, they're going to have to play 40 minutes a night, score 35 each, I feel like, for us to even be in it. And... I just feel like Luca, especially, is just so beaten down, and I don't know, man. Tonight really said a lot, I think, about uh, where this team is. Tim getting five points, Bertans over. Like we just, <laughs> we're just, I don't know, man. This roster is an absolute disaster, and I just kind of want our pick back at this point. You know what I mean? I completely understand that when you watch. And, you know, they, they did a lot of panning to Luca and Kyrie um, and then Cuban because Cuban was sitting within a, a spot of them. And it was just – it was tired. They looked tired. And it's – you never want to overread into body language from the bench too much. But it's just a difference in the way the teams are built. And you obviously can't go back in time. But the Grizzlies just – they have dudes. And the Mavericks don't. And it's really that – And I mean, Hardy, man, he opportunity to start. He's been doing great with that. And I think that dude's, you know, going to be some really good. But man, how does that guy not find minutes on this team? You know, how is he not taking Frank's minutes? How is he not getting 15 minutes a game? It's like kid. I feel like kid wants to coach this team from last year, but he didn't realize the team we have now. We got to score 120 a night to win a game. And he's just not coaching this team and these lines away. And I just, it, it just blows my mind. I like so so obviously none of us are there a lot of people have have sort of made the statement about him wanting to coach a team that's different than the team he has but I don't think I've heard it quite phrased the way you just did where you said he wants to coach the team from last year and I I really think that's a that's an insightful uh uh thought right there because that is a really succinct description of of the whole problem he he is coaching a team he doesn't have Yep. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, I, I'd love to see him make it because nothing's more fun than playoff basketball. But but I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know if we have the energy for it, but we'll, well see. thank you for, for joining. Appreciate you here. coming up. Yeah, no problem. All right. Talk soon. It, it's it's interesting because something has to give between the Mavericks road record and then the teams they're playing. They play. Charlotte twice, they play the Pacers, who played one of the worst games in like the, the league this year. They play the Spurs twice. They play Chicago right before the end of the year. Like Something is going to give. And if you still think things are going to break the Mavericks' way, there is actually a pretty good argument for that. Okay, coming up next then is my man Brian. Welcome back to the show, Brian. Yep. Okay. Hey, sorry, I was in the chat. Can you sure, yeah, welcome. Hey, man, I am ecstatic. Sure. Tell me why. This franchise finally has to look in the face of all the mistakes it's made in the last five years. Boy, we are headed for the lottery. I can't wait. You can wait, though, because if they get to the lottery, it's going to be months. It's going to be like three straight weeks of really uncomfortable hoping they don't fall back, you know, and then give the pick to the Knicks. Hey, if, if they fall back and they give the pick to the Knicks, 
that's fine too. You want to know why? Because they're still going to have to eat crow about what happened this season, about all the moves they made that didn't work, all the plans that they had that didn't pan out. They're going to have to be, they're going to have to be real about what this roster is and what they're going to have to do to make it something suitable for next year going forward if they're planning to re-sign Kyrie, pair him with Luka, you know, try and make this an actual team sometime in the next year and a half before Luka starts looking around and saying, man, what the hell? I want out of here, right? Yeah. Which we're way too far out from that, but – I mean, we're really not. Like, look at how he looked on the bench. There. We're really not that far away from it. It's, it's, you know, this is year one of a four-year deal. Yes, it's five years, but anybody mm-hmm. that understands how this stuff works, at the tail end of, of or by the middle of, of year three, so, like, we're talking next season and then trade deadline of the following season, that's when things are going to start to get super itchy. So it's, it's, they really don't have a lot of time. Yeah, the only saving grace really in this is that Luka's only friends in the league are guys who are from Slovenia, Jokic, and Trey Young. Like, other guys who have actual friends playing on other teams, they would have been started asking around, like, hey, man, what's the situation over there? What is Because I might need to make a move in, like, three years. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not fearful of that right now. But uh, Josh Green looked really good. He, he did. He kept pace with – he played Bane to a draw in both of these games, which I was really excited about. That's all I could ask for. Jaden Hardy looked really good, especially in this game. He was, I, I, everybody he, he lost the plot a little bit with his shot, like in the second quarter. But he, he hit like four of his he hit four of his first five, and then proceeded to shoot uh, five one for ten. I think. He, he, then he proceeded to shoot five of twenty. Yeah, yeah. He 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 went one for ten, and then he had another quick little hot streak. And then they, he he just didn't really he and Josh didn't really have any support like Josh was on the bench for some yeah. reason, uh, and Justin Holiday and Reggie were out there at the same time and neither of them could dribble. It was, it was right a mess. Little pain. Uh, yeah, but hey, listen, it's it's the medicine I'm willing to take right now for a, a potentially brighter future. So like now we know, okay, there's no reason for Jaden Hardy not to be in the rotation. Now we know there's no reason for you to go digging into the bench pulling out Frank Nilakina and Theo Penton when Jaden Hardy is sitting on the bench. The next time we see that, we should know we need to riot because this, <laughs> this man is not serious. You, you can curse. So, I curse all the time. It is a joyous yeah, feeling. We will know that motherfucker is actively trying to lose his job if sure. he pulls Frank as the first guard off the bench before Jaden Hardy the very next time. <laughs> so, yeah, man. I Listen, all these mistakes that Mark Cuban has made that all the power he's given Jason Kidd, they just got to look that in the face and look at this record. They're under 500 with a baker's dozen of games left to go in the season. It's I, I'm, I'm, I'm having more fun than I have at any point in the season. Cause like I said, I called it over when we lost to the Pelicans a, a week or so ago. So yep. this is all gravy at this point. I'm just watching to see Jaden Hardy and Josh Green. That's all this season is about now at this point. Oh, fun stuff. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right. We're going to go to another Brian, Brian Zillum. What's up, buddy? Hey, Chief. How's it going? It's going. What do you got for us? Uh, well, we're in dark times, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I wanted to start by po- providing some positivity. If you feel, if a lot, any anybody out there that's still pretty bullish on this Mavericks team based on their schedule. The Mavericks, again, by, we've joked about this in the Slack several times throughout the year. Somehow, the Mavericks sacrificed several chickens to get, like, this good schedule. And somehow, they 
find a way to fuck it up each time. But these teams that are half a game, a game behind them, they will find a stretch where you're, we're seeing Clippers, Thunder pound on each other for a couple of games at a time. The Lakers and Pelicans play each other tomorrow, which is good. So the Mavericks don't have any, um, don't have a lot of division games left, or well, except like Memphis and then Spurs and such like that. But these games that they have where teams are ahead of them are super critical. And let me ask you so from Memphis, uh, Golden State, and also Lakers. How bullish are you that, about potentially Dallas winning two or three of those? Because I would think it would be in their best interest to win two out of three. Because if they go one for three and they get screwed on tiebreakers, that might be their kiss of death, which would also be kind of funny. Well, that's what I think. I, I, I think between, you know, I'm assuming they beat the Spurs. And so between the Lakers and, and Memphis that, that Friday, Monday, they if they lose both of those games, that – is is it's just disastrous at that point they're outside looking in in my opinion Oof. Uh, i mean because I, I i'm looking this, this game friday it's a must win like you have to win this game friday against lakers just because uh. if they bounce you in the standings they have a pretty relatively easy schedule because like if you look at tankathon for anybody who looks at tank tankathon you can look at strength of schedule and i feel like the maverick schedule is easy but it's really bloated because they they play the spurs twice yeah and you've got the the hornets in there who stink and uh by all logistics when you play a team so close together you're more than likely going to lose one of those games right it's very hard to win two in a row yeah right so it's not inconceivable dallas could easily lose one of those games and that back-to-back oh my god that's gonna just be brutal because i i uh, like they play Charlotte Sunday uh, towards the end of the month on the 26th and Pacers that Monday on the 27th. Ooh, that's going to just be gnarly. And well, they just, they, just... they have to win. Like the, the, that's what makes these losses like painful because the games that you, you're feeling confident that they're going to win, like the Spurs game, like that, that Pacers game you mentioned, like the Charlotte games you mentioned, those are all now must wins. Like they have yes. to win these. Like, and that what's, that's what's kind of frustrating. And I don't know about you. Uh, I know you were obviously busy with real-life stuff going on in the game. Did anybody else during the ESPN broadcast see, uh, I don't know if it was Casey Smith, but Luca had to, had to be actively helped out from his seat to, 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 to accompany I did not see that. Comment. Yes, I was very worrisome. I mean, I know, like, hey, like, if you're you're falling down, like, I'm going to help you up. But, like... He's in a very comfortable seat and needs assistance getting up to join the team in timeout. That's a that's part a little of that. Worrisome. So, so that part of that has to be if you're anything over six foot tall, you're basically sitting on a decline. Like your knees are closer to your chest and you're jammed in. Like there's a thought there where it's just like somebody. It's it's like helping him up off the floor. But I do like the conspiracy element you're going for. Uh, yes, I mean because everybody's we're we're all about conspiracies now, Kirk. Cause, sure. cause everybody, uh, it's it's the new uh, Mavs money ball bit, uh, or it's, it used to be my bit, but everybody's into it now, so that's fun. Uh, one final thing: uh, what's your concern level on Maxi? Because in the uh, stats recap, I proclaimed this was probably one of the worst things I've seen him play in a Mavericks uniform. That's a little harsh. He played all of last March, and he was butt. Remember, that's what uh, but, that's that's what Skin was yelling at us about when he was shooting eighteen uh, percent from three. 
But Kurt, this is a different level of. Was it? Just, I think so. Well, okay, so it's not like he was shooting just junk and just missing it. He looks very just like it's not even a confidence thing. His shot is ridiculously flat, and I want to be mm. empathetic because th- this man he's playing on one leg yes. essentially, but there is so much tread of on those tires, and we're into this stage now where. Maxi Kleba may be a shell of formless self, and yet fans are going to expect him to be productive for 30 minutes, which is not fair to him at all. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my, my uh, to answer your question, I am concerned, but I was concerned always. Like, I, uh, the, the level of confidence people put in him where it's like, oh, Maxi's going to be back, and I'm just like, again, his hamstring detached, and he's 30. And right. Like, like, what is happening? So that was, that was where my head fell, at least. Yeah, you, you're. Uh, I just when he got he blocked himself at the rim. I was like, "Ooh, buddy, like that's sure. uh, that's not good." I mean, and that that jump shot, it just got it has nothing underneath it. So God, yeah. God bless him, God bless him. But uh, shout out to the Mass front court with seven points tonight. Well, thanks, <laughs> thanks for hanging out, buddy. Talk soon. Uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Mm. Yeah, it was a rough front court game. Sam, you've been waiting. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on? I appreciate. The uh, invitation. Um, so I remember last year after Game Five against the Warriors, I said, "Okay, you know, I just don't want the season to be like an Atlanta Hawks season because after the Hawks went to the Eastern Conference Finals, everybody had all the hype. They said, oh, the, the Hawks are here. They got the draft picks. They got, they got Trey Young. They got the coaching now. And then they went on to suck the whole season, barely made the playoffs, and then got destroyed by Miami in the first round. Mm. And we're here. <laughs> we're, this, this is the moment right now. We have a horrible coach. We have a horrible roster, which is everybody's fault. Not just Cuban, it's Kid, it's Nico, it's Finley, it's everybody. From from day one, you know, we said, hey, we need to upgrade the roster. And then what they do? They sign a center who within eight days, he's now getting DMP CDs. He doesn't even play. And we signed a guy for, for, quote, vibes, because the guy that we had vibes with, we let him go. We signed Theo Pinson for one year. Now he's, he's just a, a podcast on the bench that comes in every once in a while whenever Jesse Kitt thinks he can play defense. So everything that's happening to this team this year, it's on them. <laughs> you know? and, and you've been saying it, too. You know, this is kind of the year where we got to take our medicine. But – We've had so many opportunities to, you know, we could say, hey, we don't need no medicine. We just need a little shot, and then we'll be back the next day, and we're good. But we, we've just blown it every chance we get, whether it's kids' rotations, whether it's kid not wanting to play wood for certain reasons, and so on and so on and so on. Like, I don't want to blame it just straight on kid, but kid has a lot to do with it. And then Cuba has a lot to do with it. And if he can't see it at the end of the year, if, if we miss the playoffs, which I'm not going to lie at this point, I'm like 70-30. I hope we miss the playoffs. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. Just because this team is frustrating to watch. And you have confidence in the Spurs game? I don't. I honestly don't. Even if we have Kyrie, I'm not going to lie. I think the Spurs beat just because they have more energy than we do. And I think they're just more – they're just better coached even though they just suck. So that's, yeah. that's my two cents. I like your two cents. I have no response because they're all good points. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! 
What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Uh, well, I appreciate that. But yeah, that, that's just it. I mean, it, it, what are you going to... I mean, we complain about it every day. We're not, obviously, we're not on the roster. We just quote Maps Twitter, and we're just speaking our opinion. But the, the sad part about all this is, I feel like we saw all this coming a year ago, and we all said it a year ago, and now everything's coming to life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the ma- that, that's, that's the- Yeah, it's very painful. It's very frustrating. This should have been a really fun time, and it's just not. But, uh... It's not, it's not, but that's all I got, Craig. I appreciate You're the man. It. Thanks for hanging out. Ewan, what's Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm great. Welcome. Yeah, man. Um, did you see Jake Kidd posting? No, I, I, is it enough to make me mad? <laughs> you just pretty much like, you know, you know, we got to play the guys we have, you know, we play the hand that we're dealt and. He's like, you know, once the regular season is over, it's over, and um, no one's dying. I, I thought, that word for word, but it's just oh my so. God. Nick, you know, I see Nick Angstad just posted the video. How, I sort of <laughs> like I I said this in the post game show I just did with Josh. Like this is this one is not kid because the team is like when you have your top three scorers injured. I'm not really sure the, what they're supposed to do. What this does, though, is it reminds you of the other games that they lost stupidly. That's right. That they could have won, right? Well, you just have to make an adjustment here and there. And, you know, it's just, it's just a buildup of things like throughout the season. Like, you know, giving Frank minutes over Hardy. You know, he makes a mistake, you pull him. You know, those are things that he, he, he could have, you know, learned through. And the last game that we, last, we lost with those back-to-back turnovers on those possessions, maybe he would have had the experience to, you know, to – better handle that situation. But no, we're at game, what, 69, and we're trying to figure that out, who our next, you know, who our first guard off the bench is going to be. Like, that should have been sorted out already, you mm. know? But that should have been sorted out already. All them games in the beginning of the season where, you know, you're Frank minutes, you're giving Theo minutes. Like, you should have given those minutes to Hardy, let him work through it. And now you'd have had someone that's more, you know, seasoned and more ready to go in a situation like this. You know, understanding, yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I may take 30 shots, but you know, some of those shots, you got to, you know, you got to be better quality looks. Then I'm just going to go out there and jack it up because that's what they want me to do tonight. Like, it's just, it's just a buildup of things, you know. But like you said, I mean, tonight's loss wasn't really on him because they said we don't have the talent to to really do that. We don't have the size. You know, we was leading halftime. We had like a nine plus dot of the boys that we end up losing by like eight. We end up losing the rebounds by like eight. So it just, we just don't have those bodies, you know, but the post-game quote is just something, just, those things are just, I don't want to hear that from you. I don't want to hear, oh, you know, no one's dying. I don't want to hear that. Like, we as fans, we we don't want to hear that. 
I mean, you're we don't want to hear that. We want to hear, oh, we gave it our best shot, you know, best. We want to hear something that's a little bit uplifting in this dire of a situation. We don't want you as the head coach drawn more on it, like saying stuff like that. It's just it's just frustrating to hear. Well, a, a mixtape of of him sitting there doing nothing with his quotes overlaid from the dumb shit he said this year would be real fun. Yeah, it's just yeah, I'm just tired of the JK quotes, honestly. It's just I'm over. But it. this was the, this it. was, you know, when when we hi- when when he was hired, our site nuts like we we were like "Uh uh-uh and it's because a lot of our site me in particular i follow a lot of of bucks fans just by happenstance and it's so like the jason kidd experience was bad there it was it was like three years i think it was it was a lot it was hard to deal with um yeah but you got you got anything else for us yeah lastly is like um you know, like last minute, so pretty much the game is over. You throw out Frank. We don't need to see Frank. We don't need to see. We don't need to see anything for Frank. You throw out Theo. We don't need to see anything for Pinson. Throw throw Mickey out there. Let him run around a little bit. Throw Morris out there. Give him like, give him the next five minutes to you know get some 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 energy going. You throw back out Frank and Theo. It's just like those simple things. Is just like why even do that? Just why? Like why? No, I think that's, that's the, I the last four minutes they were just trying to get out with nobody getting hurt. So. All right. Well, thank you, man. Appreciate you joining yeah, us. Thank you, man. Let's go to Oliver. Hey, Oliver, what's up? Hey, Kirk, how you doing? I'm good. What do you got for us tonight? You want to hear my super hot take? Of course I do. That's why you're here. Uh, trading Luca in the offseason is probably the best thing for the rebuild. When you consider the cap situation, the contracts, the pick situation, um, and well, I'd said I said probably something they should consider if Kyrie walks because then you've got literally nothing, right? But <laughs> that's dark times, though, and I'm not quite there yet. No, but no, but you have to you have to look at the roster and think how are they going to improve this? They've got no seconds, and they've got two firsts to use. If if you then you're still at square one if Kyrie walks. Yeah, and even then, giving Kyrie a 30, 31, 32 year old Kyrie a max deal with his injury history doesn't fill you with confidence, does it? Nope, nope. Oh, so that's my yeah. It'd be the best way to, to to rebuild the team. Someone said, do the deal with Nuggets, get Jamal Murray, get some picks. Wouldn't hate it. Wouldn't hate it. Well, rebuild I. It's so dark for me. I just I, I can't think about it yet. But I appreciate that you guys are are, are already are already doing it because it, it is a discussion that'll come very very quickly once the off season is upon us. Especially if we don't make yeah. the playoffs or we make the play and we lose, and then say we we and we still don't get the top ten pick, and. Kyrie walks, Christian Wood walks, and Luke is looking around. I just think the um, the John Travolta meme, <laughs> like just him looking around, <laughs> and there's no one there apart from Davis Bertans and right. Tyler Jr. Davis Bertans <laughs> will will be with the team always. <laughs> Those threes he was chucking up. Imagine if anyone else had uh, like. Imagine if that was Christian Wood putting chucking up some of those threes. He would have been pulled immediately for the first one. Tonight they were just—they were all bad looks. Woods, Woods, such a heater. Where it's like, oh, not Wood. Um, 
Bertans is, it's like, if he misses his first two shots, you should pull him. If he hits either one, you know, keep him in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Hardy looks good. He was the only one that was willing to shoot, which, um, well, the 25, yeah. like, I'm sort of on a different place with Hardy because I, I just, I'm not a fan of small scoring guards, but getting up 25 looks in a low possession game is a skill in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, but then you, you look at the game and it was like, well, no one, he was giving the ball. And, oh, yeah, and lots of grenades. They didn't want to do anything. Lots of grenades. No, no one wants it. And you got Dwight Powell taking threes because he can't do anything. He, 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 oh. I was at a summer league once. I want to say it was the first summer league after he got it traded to the Mavericks. Maybe it was the second one uh, because he was a rookie when he was traded to Dallas. And he was at this Vegas summer league where he had the green light to shoot threes. And it was in like the Vegas rims uh, in summer league make that like, it's, it's that horrendous like clang noise when, yeah. And like, he just did it all (laughs) week long. Like he shot like seven or eight a game and it was just awful. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. He's, uh, I can't stand him. I, I see people saying, well, at least he, he doesn't make the mistakes that Christian Wood makes. But then, but then even when he is there, he's not stopping anything. He's, he's not doing anything. If someone looks at him and thinks, I'm, this is two points. <laughs> he's not, he's not challenging anything. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know what they do. If they lose a couple more games, if Kyrie's hurt. And Luca can't play through the pain. Probably sit Maxi and sit everyone else and, and try and especially if they lose that Lakers game because I think if you lose that Lakers game, then they've gone from thirteenth and probably overtaken us at that point. Yep. Which ESPN were right. <laughs> they were saying who's going to go further than in the playoffs. I saw them. Wouldn't that <laughs> be something? That? All yeah. right. And well, we thank Thank you. It's uh, 3 a.m., so I'm going to bed. Woo! All right, go to bed. Talk soon. Bye. I should have all of it earlier. I feel bad now. Um, Ruben, what's up, guy? Hey, what's up? Oh, man. Uh, just just a couple takeaways from the game. Hardy and, and Green did what they could. It's a shame, you know, THJ could only muster that up, and Reggie could only muster what he what he had up. Um but it just like bring me back just from just from being a Mav fan this long, like you see the difference in a good coach. Like you know how like Rick Carlisle had his job here for almost damn near like twenty years, just because he could, you could you could give him a chicken shit roster, and he would take it to the playoffs some type of way, um, and he just knew how to get everything out of his players. Just by, you know, I guess saying the right things or just playing them in the right positions, playing them at the right times. But, you know, for years we had, you know, shit. I'm sorry, shit rosters, you know, um, and just thinking like you give him Luca and Kyrie, like just thinking what will Rick Carlisle do with those two, um, no matter what's around them. Um, and I feel like that's the difference uh, in, in, a, in a good coach, really. Like, I don't, I don't know what happened, what's going on. Um, it just, I don't know. It just feels like, I think, um, you know, watching the post game with Damaris and Skin, you know, Skin was, you know, just saying, hopefully we can get healthy. But, you know, Damaris was like, hey, we were like 
two and nine, you know, with everybody healthy, um, you know, after bringing that up and, you know, skin just like, man, we just need a spark, you know, some type of spark. And just just thinking to myself, I'm like, like what Jason Kidd won't do it. Like he, I'm trying to think of a spark, you know, that could, you know, just change something. Because right well, now, you know, you're you're doing the same thing over and over again and you're getting the same result. But, you, yeah. you know, you get in the post game and you're talking about something else or, you know, you're blaming it on something else. I'm just tired of the excuses, really. Well, that's what that's what makes it challenging, because we would all have a lot more grace for kid with this sort of stuff. Had they not blown so many games earlier in the year? Injuries are a part of basketball. I don't think anybody would necessarily hold Kid responsible for them losing this game, particularly. They were down their three top scorers. But you could go through and just list and list and list got like games. There's like 10 or 12 games where it's like, how did this happen? And that's the that's the tough part. I'm I'm having a blast listening to to the old green rooms when I was like really in here upset that we let games you know with the Rockets go, OKC go, early Spurs games, like games that we should have won. Like we were supposed to win if you if we believe we're a better team. Like just what I was saying back then, it hasn't even changed. And that's that says something. Like we're still talking about the same thing. We don't know what our lineups are going to be, our rotations are going to be. And it's just like we let so many games go because that was the excuse then. You know, oh, 20 games to see if McGee could play, 20 games more to see if Powell will do this. And it's just we're we're still in the same place that we were in the beginning of the year. And it really shouldn't be like that. But I'm not in I'm not in, you know, blow up the team mode. I'm not I'm not down with all of that. Um, you know, trading Luca is fucking crazy. That's that's sorry, that's but that's stupid. Um, but um yeah, it's it's just like I, I don't know. It's just really see the difference between a good coach and a coach that is trying to get to squeeze every good thing out of a certain player that they're good at. And you, I, I just chuckled to myself when Dwight Powell took that three. I'm like, so Dwight Powell is trying to do Seawood things. I'm like, what? What am I? I feel like I was in the Twilight Zone when that happened. He, but, he used to shoot a lot of threes, and then he just stopped because he couldn't hit them. But, yeah, that, I was, don't know that was fun. <laughs> What they need to stretch a stretch five now, and you and you don't play one that you have on the bench. But I'm, another whole argument. But um, oh, yeah, I just hope we get our guys back healthy and they can, you know, that JK can do something to put a spark in this team. And I think that's all we need. Like they, he got to shake something up. Something's got to be shaken up though. But uh, have a good night, Kirk. You Thank too, you. buddy. Appreciate you coming up. Okay, let's go to Chris. Hey, Chris, what's going on? Yeah, pretty depressing loss. Um, I was thinking that team we had back in 1819 with Dirk, Dirk's last season, uh, DeAndre Jordan, all that. Would you right now take that team that was back then at their age, except Luca being that young, have Luca be 24 still, have that other team? I would take that. You have JJ Barea, Devin Harris at their age at that time, DeAndre Jordan, Dennis Smith Jr. Man, just this team we have now, they're not even an NBA team without Luca, Kyrie on the floor. And I'm not even buying Christian like having foot soreness tonight. Like I don't know about that. Like that was an odd one. I I that was an odd one. I don't want to do any reading into it. I don't think it's it's it would be very smart of me. But 
you know, foot soreness is one of the, you know, it's just that I don't know what to say. I, I think that Kyrie has a better case for it because Kyrie played a ton of minutes, but what do I know? Yeah. I'm just saying with how bad the West is, I think if we had a team that Luca's rookie season, um, would, I think games would just be funner. Like, this season has just been such a, just miserable. I mean, just di- disappointing as hell. And then you always kind of look back where like so much things have happened since a year ago. And uh, the whole Brunson thing, I'm just going to harp on that. They could just gave him that extension. At least we'd have him for assets. I mean, they gave Finney Smith an extension, and we ended up trading him because we had to make up for it because of losing Brunson. Now we have Kyrie. But I'm I'm thinking, let's say, worst-case scenario, we get ninth, 10th seed, right? Is it still possible because it's a lottery? We'd still be in the lottery, right? No, I don't. You've asked me oh, this, you know yeah, what, yeah. You, Chris, you've asked me a variation of this damn thing, like, <laughs> at least 10 times this year. And it's not that it's a bad question. It's that I'm not in a place to do math. <laughs> we need Because you got to be, a, you gotta be got? a bottom 14 team. So you're basically asking is, if the Mavericks are 10th in the West, would they still be? And, and I don't know. I just don't know is the answer there. Because some saying if we get the eleventh eleventh seed and we just entirely miss the playoffs and the plan, that it's still possible lottery wise that we could lose our draft pick still if things go south. So that that's why I'm kind of confused. So uh, I just yeah, I, I really hope that we don't get the ninth tenth seed. I, if we get the plan, get the seventh eighth seed, whatever, then you're, you got the home court advantage there. You win one, you're in. I would rather have that. I would not want the ninth tenth seed. I'd right. Just, entirely miss the play plan, miss the playoffs and keep our draft pick. And then I guess next year we would owe the, uh, the Knicks that pick, right? Um, still top 10 protected. So. No, I want to say it's unprotected then, or it becomes like a second, like if you kick the can far enough down the road, it becomes like second round picks at a certain point. But I, I honestly don't remember. Yeah. I'm not paying enough attention. But I don't think with the whole Kyrie thing, I think if we entirely miss the playoffs or make the plan and then, miss the playoffs or even make the playoffs and, and then get kicked out of the first round. I think it's the same scenario. I mean, it's either he's going to leave or he's not going to leave. It's, it, is money important to him or is he just wants right. to go somewhere else either way? So We'll see. Chris, thank you very yeah. much. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Brandon. What's up, buddy? Welcome back to the show. Hey, Kirk, can you hear me? I can. Welcome. I can hear you. You were good. You hit the mute button. All right. Yeah, I'm clumsy. Yeah, uh, I, I noticed that during the third quarter, both teams were playing perimeter offense and perimeter defense. But you know, I think that was just good coaching on on Memphis' behalf. Like, you know, let's cut off the lanes and Harden being a younger guy, make him think he can't cut and just let him jack threes. And same thing with McKinley, just cut off the lanes and uh, kind of, you know make them do get tunnel vision. And to me, that's kind of what it seemed like happened. You know, the lead increased from 10 points to 13 points. And then look up. That happened. 20. That happened real quickly. Cause it was, te- they, the Memphis got up like seven or eight and then it stayed between like eight and 12 points for most of, most of the third. And then in the final few minutes, they just, they went from like seven or eight all the way up to 14. It was, and then, then they just never got it back. It goes back to Memphis in their shots too, like and, and it worked for Memphis for playing that perimeter offensive defense because when they pulled up they were hit. You know, yeah. when Dallas Dallas had no choice 
I, I, I mean, I feel like the young guys feel like they had no choice to pull up. So a bunch of threes being taken and a bunch of them being missed. But, I, you know, that's kind of just just hats off to, to Memphis. And, I mean, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but to me I feel like, you know, I don't know how much limited offense, you know, ball handling and penetration – like, hey, look, this is what they're doing. They're forcing you guys to shoot, not even, you know, not even perimeter threes, but top of the key. And, you know, everybody's right there on the perimeter. Nobody's even close to a rebound. I, I don't even think people are, like, even close to being in the paint during the third quarter. That includes, you know, that includes Maxi and Davis, not even, you know, close to it. But they also pulled – they also just took Maxi completely out the equation to where his, his – the person he was on didn't even, you know, touch the ball. So – his defensive skills or whatever skills, it was irrelevant because, you know, he wasn't even in the game. So they, they just, to me, just kind of got out coached. And like you said, they were younger, but, you know, they just kind of got out, out coached on that one right there. But yeah. I don't know. And, um, man, uh, just I, – I don't, I, don't, I don't think that, you know, um, Luca and Kyrie coming back – because I was listening, I think I was listening to the sports center, and they were talking about. Well, there was somebody I was listening to. They were saying that Dallas is basically the away team. Well, it was, it was, the, it was, the, it was the, uh, in the game show. They were saying Dallas being the basically being the position that they're in now, they would be the away team. You know, kind of, kind of in the playoffs, and you know, to me, it's kind of like the rise on the wall. So even if they did get a spark, I mean, how much higher are you going to get with the West being? I mean, you kind of know who the teams are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's going to be a significant drop between, you know, the one through six. They're not going to go on a losing streak. And, you know, uh, playing teams are kind of going to be where they are. So I think it's one of those situations where, you know, best case scenario that you, you know, you kind of just hope that Dallas even, you know, stays in the play, stays in the play ins because they play so crappy against these low level teams that none of these wins are for certain. With it being 13 games left, it's kind of like looking at who's that team right outside of the play in. You know, and seeing if Dash and performing better than Dallas right now because, you know, never Dallas is quickly going to three game losing streak. <laughs> As you can see, uh, real easy. Quicker, they're quicker to go on the three game losing streak than they are on the on the three game winning streak. Yeah, but oh, yeah, yeah, I think I think kids should definitely you know look at this as a learning opportunity. Like you know, when you young guys get the rock, you see some type of lane, you take it or you create your own lane. You know, try to try to you know get them to play more aggressive because. I mean, the shots were there for him on the perimeter, but, you know, that's just baiting those dudes, like, take this shot. And with, you know, 13 seconds, 20 seconds left on the shot clock and let us score over and yep. over and over again and run that clock up. But And, and one more thing, man, that ESPN broadcast is terrible. I mean, it's, they did such a terrible job. I turned on to the Mavs broadcast after a while when I realized that, that it was on, but I don't know. Van Gundy, it just seemed like he has no no knowledge of Dallas. That it, it felt like a Memphis broadcast because all he talked about was how good Memphis players were and you know kind of the Morant stuff. But he couldn't talk about anything but you know basically Josh Green's improvement and you know how hard he was going on the scoring spree. But it's terrible. They they I could tell that you know he really doesn't do his homework before games. He just kind of goes up there and shoots from the hip, but. I don't know. Somebody brought that up in the past show, and I, I just can't stand watching that ESPN broadcast because those dudes are terrible. Well, I understand that take. Thank you so much for hanging out. I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to let uh, somebody new come up on stage. Um, my man, since you don't have your real name, you have Byrie Burving as your, your handle. Tell us what you got. You, you can, there you go. 
Thanks, Kirk. Uh, thanks for bringing me up. Yeah, I, I used to come here uh, under another alias. We won't get into that. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was tough loss tonight. But you know, I think something that always comes back to me is, man, I'm just so damn impressed by the way like Memphis as an organization is just like just feels like they're so much better than like the like us and but like also a lot of other teams. Um, like just the way they've drafted and like they draft weird guys too, right? Like they're not like they kind of get these weird in between tweeners kind of guys. You know what I'm saying? They, like they, they have a very, I know one of their guys that works in their draft office. And honestly, they've called a lot of people from like, I kid you not like draft Twitter, like people who used to do this stuff for fun, for free on the internet. They have some, some really heavy, heavy analytics based guys and they get, they just get productive college players when they're outside of stars like there's a guy that they had named john conchar who played tonight who he's been on their team for a while i'm pretty sure he was an undrafted free agent and the dude is just good like he is a he's not fantastic but he's good he's good at the things yeah. he does like david roddy i think is you know he obviously is kind of like the perfect guy to crush dallas because he's like this big beefcake but you know it, it, assuming he's not as good as he played tonight he's still like a solid player to build to build Yeah, like every other guys like have like specified roles, but I think what it always brings me back to, and I think this is the biggest bone, like Memphis uh, reminds me like like the difference between the Mavs and like a lot of these other teams is like these teams were able to like turn their stuff and like other stuff. Uh, like some of the stuff haunts me. I look at like the Delon Wright trade. We gave up two first, two second round picks to get Delon Wright, and then we have to attach, I believe it was another two to get rid of him. And it's like stuff we give up Harrison Barnes uh, mm-hmm. for nothing. And, and like that kind of stuff adds up, but like you it really team. does. It really does. Yeah, and and the Grizzlies are in a position where like they have all of their picks, they have other picks, and they they like they can even kick the can down the road to like acquire more assets, so they don't have to like if they have guys on rookie contracts, they can just like kick that down the line. That's basically what they did to get David Roddy. They moved Anthony Melton, who is a really strong, solid player for him and that the Memphis fans have been pissed most of the year because Roddy's been kind of uneven, but it's like, that's what, that's kind of what football teams do. It's like when you have too good of like, if you have like too many good guys in a, in a roster position, you find somebody to trade with to kick the can down the road because you can't pay everybody at once. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what like the maps. It's always like, we're in that, like you, we, we never have like enough of those guys on like good contracts, those rookie contracts to be able to go right. when we did, we like botched that situation. Um, but I guess my other thing for you, Kirk, real quick is I was thinking about, like, I was just in some spaces, like arguing because like, you know, that's what we do in, you know, post-Mav game spaces. And I was talking about kind of like the ideal fit for Luca. And, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people on the, on Twitter talking about like, you know, we're getting into some really dark territory. Like the fact that we're even talking about lottery and it's like, people really want to like, you know, carve out the roster, things like that. But like, I guess one thing I keep coming back to is like, I think you had a pod with uh, Josh where you were talking about like, if this team is even marginally better on defense, like not just like one of the absolute worst teams in the NBA, then like we're winning some of those really clutch games. Like a lot of these games last 10 that we've lost, if we're just not the worst of the worst when it comes to defense, like we're winning those. That's games. right. So, so like where, where is your, where's your head on this? I mean, like I'm thinking that if you could just marginally get better and maintain like a top offense, like we get like, you know, do, do you think that's kind of the way you'd go? There's like a lot of people are looking at this like complete, like, you know, things that got to change in a major way. And, like, I'm not so sure this team isn't, like, not a top five team if we just marginally were better in some of those areas, which I think are fixable. I don't know. 
I, I agree with you. And the Mavericks have to stop acting like roster building is impossible. When you don't make any changes, you're going to get the same damn results. It, it, you know, and that, that's been part of what's been so, so baffling to me where it's like, you know, you had, you know, I'm, I'm really like, as much as I miss Dorian, what we've seen from, from Dorian up in Brooklyn is that he was a product of Luka Doncic as much as anything. Solid defender, but his offense was all Luka's contribution. Sorry, just the, that the numbers basically bear this out to date. And the Mavericks just, you know, the little improvements in areas matter. The, the Mavericks have given no shits about, about four to five roster spots for years. I will never get over like the, the when they went and signed Willie Cauley Stein and uh, who was the other guard, the bubble guard who was pretty good for us. I, I always forget his name. Um, Trey Burke. Yeah. When they signed Trey Burke and Cauley Stein, when those guys were on, like they, they had been bought out by their teams and the Mavericks picked them up before going into the bubble. Nobody wanted those guys there. There was no market for them. And then the Mavericks signed them both to multi-year deals. And it's like, you can't make mistakes like like you don't need your end of bench guys to be amazing, but you do need your end of bench guys to give you something. And Burke obviously like made a case for himself in the bubble, but it's just it's like who else was offering Burke a three year deal? The answer is no one. It's just like it's like you, you can't like lose against yourself in these sorts of things. And the Mavericks have just done that time and again, where they they give up the margins. And then they lose the margins. It's wild how that works. Yeah, so, by the way, Kirk, you got to give more credit to Willie Colleystein. Don't ever forget those uh, the dunk highlights. Uh, God, his <laughs> mixtapes were incredible. Just a top a top yeah. mixtape player of, of generations. No, 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 no. But, but Kirk, the ones where he's just like under the rim. Oh yeah, and he's like they made, <laughs> like there was like they just made a, he made a bunch of videos where just under the rim like doing he shot. Stuff. I kid you not. At one point, he shot sixty percent on dunks. That's how rough he was. Yeah, I mean, so, but, but see, that's that's a lot of where I get in. Like, when you talk about the margins, like the KP trade reminded me a lot of that. Mm-hmm. There was protections built in, and I don't know who else was doing that. Uh, it, you know, and the JaVale McGee thing, like, why do we always give these end-of-the-bench guys these kinds of three-year deals anyways? I mean, a lot of times, a lot of these better teams, these are they're giving these guys one-year deals. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're doing that for a reason, and they say flexibility. And, I mean, that's, that's something that I'm worried about with Kyrie that we're going to repeat, but... That's you know some other people come up here, but they just want to get some of those uh, thoughts off. But uh, great takes. Thanks for hanging out. Okay, got two people left, and we're gonna go. Micah, what's up, man? Give Micah a second here. I'm gonna stay up late tonight, guys. I think I might call in sick to work. Blame the Mavericks. Micah, you there? What's up? What's going on, Kirk? Um... You know, it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. We got two guards that are injured. We got another two that didn't play till garbage time. But kids still managed a way to find a way to play a four-guard lineup. <laughs> it's, you can't make this stuff up. It's, yeah. um, yeah. it's wild. It's I mean, one so yeah, the team does have to be gutted because we got we are the Lakers at the beginning of the season. Ooh, and like, do you remember? Like, that's what I keep on going back to. Like, do you remember when we when we played them on Christmas Day when we completely kicked them in the teeth in the third quarter? Do you remember that lineup that he had out there? No, tell me. It was Thomas. Thomas Bryant, 
Kendrick Nunn, Patrick Beverly, Dennis Souter, and Russell Westbrook. Yeah, they went first, I think, almost a whole third quarter with that lineup and got mollywhopped. And that's, and we looked the exact same way. <laughs> um, and, and I just, I don't think anything changes until they find a way to do to kid what the Lakers did to Darvin Ham and said, you know what? We're trading every single one of these guards that you want to give minutes that shouldn't be getting minutes for some actual NBA sized players. It's just, you watch any other team is so disgusting. Oh, yeah, of course, right now I'm watching the, watching the weirdest road home game difference ever. Um, of course, at the house, they are the 96 Bulls at, on the road, they're the 22 Rockets. <laughs> That's another thing, so. Um, and I just started looking at a lot of these other teams that were supposed to be good teams there that have had issues lately. And you look, and it's always the same thing. I mean, like, we fought Memphis tough with a, let's be quite honest, with G League teams. Especially in that first game. Yeah. And what they lost a lot, like, I don't know about them, but and that's probably why, that's, that was probably what Jenkins said to them when they went to the locker room. Like, y'all freaking for real? Y'all out here getting out rebounded by four guards? <laughs> but, um, and that's, that's with them. You look at all the teams that you thought were going to be great and they started struggling lately. And the one thing that they lost was some size. Yeah. So I don't, I just don't think we're a serious team until we start to fix that. Well, that was, that was playing six. Did, did you hear Van Gundy talking about that where he's just like, look how small these guys are. And, and that's one of the things it's that I'm so small. At the beginning Play six, of the season, five, six five guys at the power forward. Like, yeah, can't can't do that's it. The thing. We, I mean, look, we can talk about how um, Dory is a a product of of Luca or whatever. But at the end of the day, you're asking a six five guard like people want to turn this guy into a. I mean, I love Josh Green, but he's a guard. Let's cut the shit. He's a guard. He's not a front court player. Like you, you, you're asking a six five guy to do something that a six eight guy with a seven foot wingspan was doing for you. Like, in what world does do we think that works? Right. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, thanks for hanging out, man. Right. We'll talk uh, talk on Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. See you. All right, let's go to Jacob. Hey, Jacob, what's up? Man, where do I even start? Um, Talk to I me, I'll Goose. With, I guess I'll start with the Jason Kidd quote on I've, when there's – I've certain- not heard it. You're going to have to re- tell me what he said because I, 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 I've not been able to stop and listen, so tell me. All right, yeah, this out. Uh, he was asked when there's concern now being under 500. Uh, he says, quote, once the season is over – 
It's just the regular season. Our health, this is what we have. The cards were dealt. Can we be healthy in time to make a stretch run? If we're not, that's just the season. No one is dying. This motherfucker said this with 13 games left in the season. I mean, I just saw a, a Twitter account that I follow called Mads Networks that I really love Jason Kidd's ability to be cocky while losing. Remarkable. I, 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 yeah, that is honestly, yeah, when you're, what, what are we now, 34 and 35? And, <laughs> and he's just cool as a cucumber still. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just whatever. Uh, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll play the next game and that'll be that. Uh, I, this guy, he's our whole friend. Like, it's this organization just reeks of unseriousness mm, like that <laughs> i'm like honestly i i didn't even watch tonight like uh, it's I, I can't i can't bear i can't bring myself to watch this team for the rest of the season honestly i'm on team tank which i know we're not going to do that because luca's not going to have it Kyrie's not, they're not going to you know they're not gonna have any of that shit yep and hopefully i mean you know maybe we could get we could keep our pick and not send it to the knicks and, and I, I realize, I understand that we've literally in our history never moved up in the lottery ever. But at least there's still a chance of that actually happening. Whereas, you know, compared to us actually doing something, but I, yeah, I mean that's that's where I'm at, and it, it, I hate it because I, I love this team so much. You know, I've been a I've been a fan ever since Dirk got you know hurt against the Spurs in '03, and we would have beat the Nets in the finals. And Austin Crozier and Devin George were in Mavs uniforms. Like I've loved this or this franchise for forever. We all have. Yep. And even the best, like this season, man, it, it's it's it has to be more frustrating than Dirk's last year or the the season when we won what twenty six games before we drafted Luca. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's actual expectation, and here we are, one game under five hundred. 69 games into the season. Um, three wins away from going to the finals last year and seven away from possibly winning a championship. It's just e- even the best memories for this season so far, like Lucas 60 pointer were born from this team, just straight up sucking. Sure. Like it, it was nice during some of the mid 2000 Dirk years when the team was, you know, just steamrolling through the regular season. Like, Getting to the playoffs is an afterthought. It's just what are we going to do in the playoffs? And even though it didn't culminate in you know a title from 04 to 07, you could pretty much bank on us winning the games that we should and winning more often than not the bigger games. Like, how many years in a row did we win 50 games at least? There's a lot. Like, yeah, 10, at least 10. Yeah. Yeah, you, and you could have fun at most home games like and just watching the game, watching the team, honestly. Yeah, I'm afraid to. I'm afraid to watch the games now. Like, go to maybe even go. I haven't been to a game in years, but even go to a game. I'm afraid right. of you know blowing two hundred dollars for some mid seats just to watch this team take a dump on the court. Like, to be totally honest with you, yeah. And I don't know. Like, could could this team possibly find its way into the playoffs? And you know, Luca and Kyrie win us. You know, two or three games. Yeah, maybe, but it's it's really hard to stay invested night in and night out. Uh, now in the regular season, when we can't put anything together, like I don't even feel comfortable against the Spurs anymore. Oh, I I understand that there are nights where I definitely don't want to do this either, and then I'm just like, well, 
you know, I've committed to doing it, so we're going to keep doing it. But it's it's not – it doesn't have the same spark as last year. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Yeah, no, last season was so fun, after, the, especially after the trade deadline. Like, I couldn't wait to watch this team. Right. And, like, I, for the playoffs, I would go I would, I would go somewhere and watch the games with, you know, other fans. Like, it was fun, and now it honestly feels like a chore to watch this team. Yep. And – I, 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 this is this this talking point gets put up a lot on kid, but you know he has an MVP candidate, a top twenty player in the league, a couple solid role players, and to be under five hundred at this point is just ridiculous. It's pretty brutal. Uh, yeah, like freaking. I know, I know. Rick was a was an asshole, but the guy went five hundred in the season with OJ Mayo, Mike James, and Dirk played half the season hobbled. Sure, I remember that one for sure. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, it just it just feels like we're directionless almost at this yeah, point. I can see that. I really can. Well, thanks for hanging out, Jacob. I'm sorry that this sucked. <laughs> no, it sucks for all of us. So we'll we'll we're we're, we're in this together. All right, we'll talk soon. Okay, Mr. Green, welcome to the show. Give Miter a minute. Hit the find that unmute button. It's probably lurking in the chat. There we are. I'm here, mate. Um, Well, look, I'm glad you guys get to go to bed and forget about this loss. Uh, It's only lunchtime here. So, yeah, I'll be kicking shit around the house for the next six to eight hours. Um, I'm just having a look at the roster, and I didn't catch the whole game last night. I actually... uh, I actually got to watch from probably about four minutes in the third when we were only down six and then just watched it all fall apart. So I'm just looking at the roster, Kirk, and I'm just wondering who you're keeping um, in your fantasy league if if that's uh, how we can approach this, right? So we've got Dovis Bertons. We keeping him? Nope. Nope, I'm uh, not keeping Davis. All right. What about Reggie? We keeping Reggie? Don't think so. A, that's a closer call than I, I think many would expect, just because he's inexpensive. Um, what about um, we're going to keep Luca? We're going to keep Josh? I'd say that's a given. Yeah, yeah, that that might be it. What, what about Tim? I could take him or leave him. Um, when Tim is good, he's great. When Tim is bad, he's he's straight to the gulag. All right, so we keep him. Um, not me, no. But I'm going to take heat for that one. I'm just, I'm not a hardy guy. But that doesn't mean I dislike him. I just, it's small guards are not my thing. No, keeping holiday. What about yeah. Kyrie? Yeah, I think keeping Max. No, appreciate appreciate your service, Max. Uh, uh, are we keeping McGee? Absolutely not. Straight to jail. Are we keeping Morris? No, he might be washed. What about Neil? Absolutely not. Another per, another player straight to, to French prison. No, Pinson. Uh, thank you Powell? for your service, Dwight. No, thank you. Uh, yeah. Christian Wood and McKinley Wright. Yeah, uh, no, not McKinley. He's five foot eleven. No, thank you. Well. Here's here's the problem I see with this roster. Um, obviously, I heard a couple of the guys in the chat. What did we get? Seven points 
from anyone who wasn't a guard tonight. <laughs> so bad. I think it was nine points, but yes. Um, so let me let me say that you can play three guards and two big guys. So we've went through that list, and we're not any of our big guys. Um, we're keeping Christian Wood, right? Now, Christian Wood, to me, he's a too tall of a wing. Yes, that's right. He's not really a forward. Yeah. He, can, he can shoot, he's back to the basket, and he's great at that. And I, I do like Wood um, on the offensive end, but I don't have too many comments for his defense. So right now we would keep uh, Luca, Josh, Kyrie, and Wood. Mm. Well, the problem I see moving forward with our assets is no one really wants anything that we've got, including us. We don't want them. Um, Tim Hardaway doesn't have any trade value unless we get we get a pick for him, which I think we'd be lucky. Though it's funny well, I when think we there could, was I a... think we could get a if it went, if he went to the right team, sure. You know what I mean. Like the I think Cavs, we could get a pick. The, the Cavs wanted him for Karis Levert at one point, and then backed off that hard. And Karis Levert has been almost unplayable down the stretch, where it's just like, I think certain guys work really well in certain circumstances. Yeah, I, I just, I just don't know how this team goes forward without drafting. Young, long, athletic front court players, um, and we've got no picks. Yeah, so I just, I just can't see that there's a lot of value to anyone out in the league um, for the players that me and you don't want to keep. Because I'm with you. Look, I think you keep Hardy because he's on a good contract. That's all, and that's sad. That's sad when you're saying, "Oh, we'll keep this guy because he doesn't cost much." Um, but man, this roster is shocking. Um, this is where I've lived since 2019. I Josh Bo and I there. If you scroll back, and it's still in our podcast feed. We did a podcast feed the night of free agency in 2019, and Josh and I are like screaming for half the show because the Mavericks just don't do anything. And I got a message from somebody within the Mavericks front office the next morning telling me to calm down that things were going to be fine with heavy implications that they were going to get Danny Green. <laughs> they didn't. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I just, I, I, just um, I have to really take my hat off to you, Kirk, because I haven't been tuning in lately because it's just been That's too fucking fun. depressing. No, and it's I, not fun. I don't blame I, people. And I keep on seeing these alerts coming up, and I'm just thinking – Man, I hope Kirk's got a good, uh, uh, inexpensive therapist. Because is, I know this, hel- I know this helps you, man. But fucking hell, but, right, take my hat off. You're absolute <laughs> an absolute warrior. Well, and um, and you're mentally strong because um, I'm just watching these games now, and I'm just going, man, I'm just going to go outside and dig a hole because that would I'd get more more enjoyment out of that. Than fucking watching this trash run around. <laughs> well, I have a I have a saying. It's a very selfish, self indulgent saying. It's it's on a long enough timeline, everybody becomes Kirk. And I will, <laughs> and I will. I, I really do kind of believe that because with this, the Mavericks coaching and all this weird shit with the Mavericks organization, this year has been the shift 
where the weirdos on Reddit and social media are finally being like, what is up with cute? Like, what is Cuban doing? What is kid doing? Like, the stuff that I've been critical about, and look, I'm not always right. I was wrong about Jalen Brunson. A lot of us were wrong about Jalen Brunson. I was more wrong about Jalen Brunson. I didn't really like Josh Green. Like, there's an element of that that's the... But it's like on the big things, Luka Doncic, I was in on him before just about anyone in Mavsdom. And not like that's a big win. He's a generational player. It's not hard. But it's like I was right about Cuban. I was right about – I feel right about Kid. And it's been so weird the past year basically getting gaslit. And I use that term – I don't like using that term. But I feel gaslit when it's like you know you see people in the Mavericks organization constantly referring to fans and social media like we're the fucking problem. And I'm tired of that shit. And you know what? It's great to watch Jason Kidd bitch about the about social media as if he is not in control of any situation. And I would much rather be wrong and made fun of about my bad takes than what we're going through right now. But I will say it's at least making me feel more sane to see everyone being like, oh, oh, this is why Kirk's been mad for three years. Even though Luca's at, you know, Luca did the thing where he drags everyone up. The Mavericks didn't do anything to improve. Luca made everyone better. Luca was is an all NBA caliber player. He's the he's the reason okay, why the Mavericks course. are winning. Not Frank Nilakina, not Jason okay. Kidd. Luca fucking Doncic. Mate, I, I agree a hundred percent. But here's here's where I'm really struggling to get my head around this. Okay, let's say Kyrie takes a max deal. Sure. What's he going What's he going to get paid? Fifty million a year. Yes. So he gets paid 50. Luca gets paid 40. There's 90. Yep. Well, where are these other players going to come from? And and then are we going to keep maybe Josh Green and fucking Jaden Hardy? So we're back to the same issue. Oh, sure. We've got no front court. Yeah. We've got no front court. And, you know, what? we're going to get nine points out of the front court and we need 110 out of our back court. And we only play three at a time, max. That's that's what scares me. Um, I, I just I just I don't know if I want to see Kyrie on the team, but I feel that if Kyrie moves, I don't know how we keep Luca. Yes. That's that's where I think the, the Mavs have put themselves into this position where Luca doesn't want to go out. Well, I think Luca actually enjoys playing with a fucking bunch of dunderheads. You know, um, yeah. he seems to he seems to smile more. But when they lose, when he's got another excellent talent on the floor. Don't see Luca smiling a lot, man. Not since Kyrie's come over. I, I agree with that. He hasn't looked happy, but it has nothing to do with Kyrie, obviously, just the results. Of course, but but this is this is the issue. Like we're gonna we're gonna give up. What's the salary cap? Work? Is it like one hundred and thirty million next year? I don't. I'm so bad right. with that stuff. <laughs> but there's too many roster spots and, and not enough salaries to go around if we keep the pair of them. And like I said, you know, we need to draft young, long, athletic front court players and we don't have any fucking draft picks. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know any team that's going to want our, our crash. And that that's what scares me the most. And look, don't get me wrong, man. There's a lot of teams and a lot of fan bases that would have had high expectations for their own teams that are in a similar situation to us this year. Yep. But, man, I tell you what, I'd rather be an OKC fan. I can understand that. They, they're, 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 uh, their compass is pointing up. I'm still hopeful because I think Luca is that dude, but it's, it's certainly an uncomfortable feeling at the moment. 
he is that dude, man, but he can't be throwing fucking lobs to Jaden Hardy and fucking Josh Green, you know? <laughs> I know, man. Oh, I know. He can't be throwing lobs to a 31-year-old 6'10 coming off an Achilles tear, Dwight Powell, when he's a fucking tone on the defensive end. Yep. You're right. We need we need that young center out of out of um, New York, the one that embarrassed the whole city in that dunk comp. That's who we need. We need him. Well, thanks, Kurt. You're a legend, mate. I appreciate letting me vent. And um, man, some worry, worrisome times ahead. And um, oh man, I I think we I think we will get it together for the end of this season. And I think we will surprise a few people, including the fan base. But it's not looking fucking good, and it doesn't feel good at the moment. Well, thanks so much for hanging out. We'll talk soon. All right, Simon, you're going to close this out. At least I hope you are, because I want to. I want to go play video games or something. Hit that unmute button. Tell us what you got. Let's see if it'll let him. Uh, let uh, him hit what's the going on, Kurt? Going on, man. Uh, man, first off, I, I want to throw a question at you. Uh, about tonight's game, which we, you know, it was self-explanatory what happened. But hypothetically, the Christian would would have been quote unquote healthy over under twenty minutes he plays tonight. Under, I think there's a real vendetta thing going on. Plus, like Memphis really is a is a kind of rowdy team. They beat the shit out of him when he was in that game. Like he got tossed around like a rag doll. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There, there. It's weird because they're, Memphis is kind of like a bad matchup in some ways, but then they're also, if you look at them in like a series, if Kyrie and Luca are playing, even if they have job, I would take Dallas in that series still, because yeah. they're they're they got a besides Bane, they're shooting. You know, I don't trust the Roddy stuff. I just think that no, <laughs> yeah, you know that the guy was just hey. He saw the roster he was going up against, the, you know, Dallas without their big guns and was, you know, got a little ahead of himself. I don't – wouldn't trust that in no playoff series. They, they – you know, their shooting is questionable and then um, their half-court offense in general. So, I think um, Dallas could beat them. But, you know, as far as, like, the outlook of the team, you know, I heard people talking about the, you know, you know tanking and all that stuff and, you know, for the pick and everything and – you know, because of the top 10 protection and all that. And I'm like, you know, here's the thing. From from what I know a little bit about the draft coming up, like this draft is supposed to be pretty good, but then next year is supposed to be pretty bad. Yep. You know? And so, you know, they're sitting at 34 and 35 right now. We don't know exactly what's going on with the injuries with uh, Luca and Kyrie. And then even if Christian Wood has an injury, you know, we're not – I mean, where did this come from? All of a sudden, he got foot soreness. And, look, I know a lot of – and I mentioned this before the last time I came on where I feel like so many of the decisions and the moves that the Dallas front office have made has been to – because they're so afraid of Luka, so, so you know, afraid to make him, you know, upset and all that. But, yeah. like, sometimes you just going to have to just make tough decisions, you know? And the way it's looking, like, if, if we're talking – like, if they don't play the next game – even if just one of them plays, you know, and then you look at some of these two teams that are surging in the West, taking a step back and maybe trying to get a pick in the top 10, that could help with replenishing some young talent on this team. 
or using that pick and trying to trade for somebody established, you know? Yep. Because, because, and then, yeah, he might be upset, you know, this and that, but look, Hey, it is what it is, man. A lot. It seems like these superstars anyway, in this social media area, they're, they're, they're upset anyway, unless they win the championship. It seems like they're all upset when they don't win because they're hearing it from the social media crowd, how you're not a winner or you choked or, you know, so I, I think that's why I, I just don't think they should be concerned about that and just look at the big picture and say, all right, we already got this pick situation going on with the Porzingis where we still owe one. We gave one away for Kyrie. And so we're, we're strapped. And then we don't have the other assets on the team, like established players to really get this team better. If, if, like I said, if Kyrie and uh, Luca don't come back soon, it may just hey, it might be the right thing to just tell them to shut it down. Mm-hmm. You know, for real. I, I know it don't sound. I know I, I don't want to be the one coming on here saying no, that. no. There's there, this is this is not an uncommon sentiment. It's just really it, it's one of those things where it's it seems like it would be a smart move. Only you like the we all understand why they won't actually try it, and that's where it, it, it it's like it seems it, the only reason it's. Um, it's, it's sort of shunned is like, well, why would, why are we even talking about something we know they won't do? And it's because like when you do team building stuff, you have to make these sorts of decisions. Like the Houston, um, the, the, not Houston Oilers, the Houston Texans and Lovey Smith winning that last game of the season down there arguably set their franchise back like five more years. Like these, these fucking things matter. And it's like when Rick Carlisle let Masala Mejri and who else, what Devin Harris go in a Memphis game in twenty eight in the uh, twenty eighteen nineteen season, which effectively like put them in a it, it was one of those games where you look back and you're like, if they hadn't won this game, they would have had better lottery odds, and the Mavericks might have moved up in the twenty like they might have moved up in the twenty nineteen lottery. It's crazy, and it's like these sorts of situations like nobody wants to do the calculus on that because it's like oh well this isn't why people become fans. This true, it's true, but you know you have to take advantage of team building situations. And, you know, we talk about it because it'd be smart, or it would be. It would. It's. It's worth considering. Only we know that the Mavericks won't even consider it. So, yeah, and the reason why they wouldn't consider it is because this is the one thing that we know about them since in this Cuban era is they're not proactive, they're not reactive, and they're not creative. Yep. And but they do. You know they. You know Cuban wasn't the owner at the time, but you know they. He, 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 when, Bought the owner ownership of the team. He already had a young Nash and Finley and all them coming. You know, he, he he inherited them. And then with the with the Luca thing, you know, they hit on a pick. But it was like you mentioned this before, where you're like, you can you can only get so much credit for drafting Luca because it was it should have been obvious that he should have won the number one pick. Yep. So yeah, you you get you get credit for doing it because other teams actually passed on him, but also. It shouldn't have been that much of a um, of a choice or a decision. So, but with but besides that, what are they really doing? Yeah. And like, and like you said, being an All NBA MVP caliber player, you can be a great deodorant for a team. It's been shown with LeBron. It's shown with a lot of other great players, past and present. You can cover cover up a lot of flaws on the team, but. There's a certain point where the, you know, the, that kind of all kind of potentially falls apart completely, where the roster just eventually gets totally ex- exposed, 
whether it's exposed to talent, whether it's exposed to depth or a combination of both. And then we got the situation we have here where they're 34 and 35 fighting for a playing position. Yep. You know? and, and, and that's the thing. And, and with the Kyrie thing, um, they need to, they need to just not even mess around with negotiations. You know, they just need to give him what he wants. You know, I'm not yep. saying it's the right thing to do as far as with his past and, you know, and plus the, the situation we had with Porzingis where they just gave him the contract with a, wasn't it a player option and no protections? Uh, it was, oh, yes, five years, no protections. They could have done what uh, Philly did to Joel Embiid, a significantly better player even at the time. And they just didn't because they think that they think that by being like cool to players and to agents that they get goodwill, which I think is not a terrible strategy. But then like what's going and this is a little off off subject from what you talked about, but with like what kid and company are doing to Christian Wood, there are players like actively noting it. NBA uh, uh, Player Association Vice President Grant Williams liked the tweet where it's like people like are the, the kids are the Mavericks screwing with his money like that you don't shake that stink once you get it that's an unfuckable thing like like, like you don't mess with with dude's money that's just a rule in sports yeah and then the relationship with the agents and all that stuff what has that gotten them in free agents that's right <laughs> i mean so you've got all these great relationships with these agents that so-called are your buddies and all that but when it comes time for brass tack and getting stuff done they don't get done stuff done for you so how good of a friend are they for you anyway, or buddy? You know. Yep. And and then, actually, and then also, I just think the organization in general has been ran as, as a good old boy network. Sure. Yeah. Especially when Donnie was around. Oh yeah. You know, I'm... once once Donnie, you know, was they got rid of Donnie and everything, and they started bringing in this new blood and you know that all that. But even I, I mentioned, I asked you this the last time I came on. I was like. How did this whole Jason Kidd hiring process happen? Was it a package deal where they hired Nino, I mean, uh, Nico, and then brought in Kidd? And then you were like, no, from what you heard, it was the other way around where Kidd was the hire and then he brought in Nico. And I don't have nothing against Nico, but my whole thing was, why are you acting like Jason Kidd was this this hot commodity? Like, you know, at that time, like he was Steve Kerr. Because remember when Steve Kerr almost went to the Knicks and then he went to the Warriors, you were acting like it was him that he was that, but you never really put on a, um, a real coaching search for, for, uh, for uh, a coach. You just decided with your little group. And that's what I mean. It's a good old boys club. Well, it's, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's family where it's like, Oh, well I know Jason Kidd because he played for this team. Therefore it will be good. And then he, then one of the things that's not talked about near enough. And I was so mad about this at the time is they, they use Dirk as cover for the signing. Well, Dirk likes it, so you should like it too. Yeah, and then they, because you know why? They know Dirk is not going to, uh, if they ask him to put a mic in front of him, he's not going to say it's not true. Right. You know? That's his boy. That's his championship teammate. Yeah. So it's, and then, and then just like the, you know, like they, they had, remember, he, I think Cuban said he had this little group of people that he had, you know, assigned to the situation, and then they came to him and said, oh, it's Jason Kidd. And I'm thinking like, you know, I, I guess you sh- you could have a couple people around you that um that you know are close to you and you trust, but don't you want some other people that can bounce off other ideas? You know, and ways of building the team, or you know, in this case, 
a coach. Hey, you know, there's a coach over in in wherever, you name it. I heard he's really, really good. I heard he's good at this. I heard he's good at that. I think you should give him an interview. See what happens. You know? Yep. I mean, but it's like they don't even do that. They're like that. And then now with Jason Kidd, like you said, potentially burning bridges with certain agents or certain players looking at wondering, like, what's going on? The thing. Christian Wood has his flaws. I'm not acting like he don't. But the man has talent. Sure. And with other NBA players watching Dallas games or they're playing against Dallas – and they see him on the bench, and he's not hurt, and they're playing against either Dwight Powell or whoever, or, or Johnson, when they're like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. You know? And it's that simple. And when you're flawed, when you're a flawed team, you're flawed at defense, you're flawed at size, and you're flawed in uh, rebounding, sometimes it's best to just throw your best guys out there and just say, we going to hit you with a haymaker, and, see what, and you see what happens. You know? Yep. But it's like they haven't even tried that. It's just, you know, we already know how this game works. Once the season's over, we're going to find out a lot of things. There's going to be a lot of anonymous sources. There's going to be people speaking from Christian Wood's side and all that stuff. But this situation with Christian Wood is one of the most uh, weirdest things I've seen in a while. Yep. Well, Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. But we'll see. I mean, like I said, I think they should really can sit back and think about options and what they should do. But like you said, they're probably going to just try to get Kyrie and uh, Luka healthy and just ride it out and see what happens to the plot. And the West is wide open, and they do got you could argue the best duo in the um, in the in the Western Conference at the moment. But when you can't rebound and you can't defend, man, it's tough. Yeah, it is. Well, thank you for uh, taking us out this evening. Appreciate you coming up on stage. All right, man. Appreciate it. All right. Guys, I said I wanted to go brief, and instead we went for 90 minutes. But that's what therapy is all about. Get your feelings out there. We will uh, be back on Wednesday night. Everybody be good. Please download, even though you were here the whole time. really helps my numbers. Like and subscribe to the Mads and Winnie Ball podcast. We might be changing our feed name soon, but that shouldn't affect anybody who gets this uh, from a subscription. We also may be going away from the Spotify live platform at some point. Um, I may be taking this to YouTube just because it makes more sense with uh, some of the things we have going. Uh, with that in mind, I will keep everybody posted and you know post links and things because uh, obviously you guys are what makes this show great. Thanks so much for hanging out, and we will talk with you soon. As Kevin just said in the chat, bye, guys. Nobody died. (laughs) I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.